0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. You start with the Yankees,
1: the Yankees, the Yankees, the
2: Yankees, <laughs> the Rangers, the Rays, maybe a small handful of teams, but there's no doubt. you talking with sources yesterday, they see the Yankees as potentially being the most motivated because Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, they're middle-aged players right
1: in the the prime of their careers. This is the Yankees' window to win now. Off
0: the bench on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Let me just repeat what Buster Olney said uh, earlier today on Get Up. The Yankees, the Yankees, the
2: Yankees. Does that ever get old? It did on the second Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> they're they I mean they are like
1: the Cowboys. You either love them or you hate them. Um, but when I heard Buster only a little while ago, uh, I have a favorite out of those three. Not Yankees, one, two, and three. Yeah. But he mentioned the Yankees. He mentioned the Rangers. My favorite. What I would love to see if Shohei Ohtani is going to get traded. I would love to see him go to the Tampa Bay Rays. It feels like a long shot. It should be a long shot, but think about it
2: for for a moment. That's like Hawaii landing that, you know, big time offensive lineman who ended up choosing Miami (laughs) from from. uh, Yeah,
1: it's like that prep school over there. It's like Hawaii being in the running for that four star linebacker. That's right. uh,
2: Yeah, from Farrington.
1: Yeah. Um, but think think about it. The Rays have been one of the lowest spending teams in all of. I'm surprised baseball. that
2: they're even being considered as a potential landing spot for him.
1: Well, you know why? They have a they have a chance to win. Boy, I went high 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 voice. There. That was they.
2: You hit that note. I,
1: scary. To win, they have um, their highest paid player. Is $11 million. <laughs> their budget their or their payroll is $74.5 million. In comparison, the New York Mets have a $344 million payroll. Dang. Where do the Rays rank in that? They are 28th in all of baseball. Out of 30. 28 out of
0: 30.
2: Wow.
1: Only the Baltimore Orioles and the Oakland A's have spent less. And by the way, Orioles in contention in the AL East just like Tampa. Wow. Oakland moving soon. But anyway,
2: I wonder how many spots on that list the Rays would have to jump <laughs> to get Shohei. They would um, probably need to crack the top 10. Well,
1: if you're if you're thinking, well they wouldn't have to worry about it now because Shohei's contract is oh so cheap. Um uh, if you if the Rays were to make a move, and this is why I love it, if the Rays were to make a move, it's it's for a rental. It's <clears throat> it's not there is no way that the Rays could afford him in twenty twenty four and beyond. This would simply be let's bring him in. He's got a thirty million dollar deal. Um you know, under, under salary arbitration, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Take that $30 million, by the way. Yeah. That would vault the Tampa Bay Rays to what? Well, they wouldn't be spending all of it, so I think you prorate it. Let's just let's just cut it in half and say it's $89.5 million. That would still make them the team with the 26th highest payroll in all of Major League Baseball.
2: Could they turn him into the next Bobby Bonilla? Bobby Bonilla. Uh, or Bonilla, Sorry. In, and, what,
1: in what sense are you thinking?
2: Well, if they give them a massive contract and say, we're going to pay you a oh. million dollars for the next 50 <laughs> years. I don't think they would do that. for Literally until you die. <laughs> you're going mean, to get a check from the, the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, we just passed Bobby
1: Bonilla Day on July 1st. And I know. We, we forgot to celebrate. Uh, we should have been playing money songs yeah. uh, all day on that Monday. We money, just,
2: money, money, money.
1: That would have been one of them. Um, but I love that. See – I, Not being a Yankees fan, but not – I mean, I, the Yankees are, are my number two. I've I've—I've said it publicly before. My grandfather was a huge Yankees fan, and so while I am a Giants fan at heart, um, I could never hate the Yankees. They will always be number two, just family.
2: Yep. I had a dog named Jeter. Oh, did you really? Yep. Our childhood dog was named Jeter. And, wow. And Derek Jeter was my – Idol as a kid. Okay. Um, Even though we're we're a Cubs family, couldn't help but root for the Yankees because of Jeter and everything he stood for. Right. I I loved him.
1: Yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, I won't root for him, but I won't hate him. Mm -hmm. But how cool would it be for the team with the second lowest payroll in the division to come up and say, we'll take half of that $30 million. I mean, I'm sure we can afford it. And let's have him for the last couple of months. This is our window. Like, you heard Buster Olney earlier mention with Stanton, with Judge, with Garrett Cole. They are only getting older. I believe Giancarlo Stanton's past his prime. Mm. Garrett Cole is at, if not past it, only Aaron Judge is the guy that is soaring upward. This is the Yankees' window.
2: The only thing keeping him soaring any higher is his toe. That is true.
1: But the Rays have a window, too. We just don't talk about it because they're just not interesting. But they have a window, too. Yeah. And if they really want it, because they will never— They've
2: got the best hitter in baseball, too.
1: They will not win a championship if they continue to spend, you know, $74.5 million in payroll. But if they want to take a one-off shot, this is that chance to do it. Deplete your farm system— You know, you you give up a couple of players, whatever you got to do, because it's, again, it's not like you were spending a lot anyway. And just take your shot for approximately $15 million. You'll say goodbye to him afterward. You're done. But you might have the best shot at a ring after that.
2: I'm interested what sort of compensation they're going to be able to give the Angels for Otani. Um, I mean, he he equals at least five guys in the see, minors. That's
1: the thing. I don't I don't know that he. This is the difficult part. I, I think that you bring up is that is he worth five guys currently, or see? I think you could say he's worth five guys if the Angels let's say signed him and then traded him, but it at half of thirty million dollars you will want to maximize all you can get for it but i could see teams trying to play cheap because you're going to ask us to give you our give you the heart and soul of our uh, of our organization yet we're only going to have them for you know we only intend to have them for 2 months that is going to be the challenge maybe that's the part that the rays end up being out on uh, but I would I would love to see them take that shot I think it'd be great for baseball to see them take that shot actually um I, I I think it would make the game more fun it gets Florida back in in the good graces of baseball even though Tampa Bay end up may end up relocating in the next couple of years um but I think it would make the game ultimately more interesting oh by the way east Coast Otani's gonna get more viewers which <clears throat> would also be huge by the way Major League Baseball All Star Game, one of the lowest rated ever. Just over seven million people watch that game. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that's that's my pitch. I am pitching the Tampa Bay Rays to spend a little bit of money. So instead of instead of buying their wardrobe from TJ Max, I am asking the Tampa Bay Rays to go. Um, uh, to to go to oh gosh, I don't ever shop at these stores, so I can't make a great description. To go from uh shopping at T J Maxx to buying your wardrobe at Nordstrom.
0: Mm.
1: Would that would, would that work? Uh, that could work. Okay. Alright. I'm just I again I'm not great at the uh shopping things. I, like, so. I like Ross
2: instead of T J Max.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, so you call the Rays Ross. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Yep. Ross to
2: that Nordstrom. That makes a little bit more sense.
1: Ross to Nordstrom. Yep. Uh, that's that's perfect. Okay. Uh, what about you? I mean, you've heard Yankees, you've heard Rangers. I've I've got Rays. What about you? Now you,
2: are they uh, are they just shooting from the hip there? Or do they have I, actual I, like credible? I
1: think Buster, um, you know, being an ESPN and uh, MLB insider, I, I think he's going by knowledge of you know who could realistically swoop in now. And I and let's let's make sure I kind of make this clear too. We're not talking about making a move. In the offseason, we're talking about a trade before the deadline, which is in a couple of weeks. Mm. Like, who's going to be willing to pay, um, you know, somewhere around $15 million-ish to to have a rental? Because that's where I see the Yankees as being out. I don't know that the Yankees—first off, where are you going to put them? Yeah. I don't see the Yankees taking a chance on them as a rental— and then potentially losing out in the sweepstakes in the offseason. I can see the Rangers as a rental. The Rangers do lead the AL West. Mm. The Yankees also, they're falling back in the AL East. Oh, right now they're fourth. Time. Yeah. So that that makes it a little tougher for me. So so who would you who who would you put right now if, if you had to put a favorite at the deadline?
2: Mm. Well, the other one that we haven't really talked about is the Dodgers. Okay. I feel like I feel like the Dodgers would be another extremely high market team to make a move and keep him in LA. I like I I just see that as a possibility and with Kershaw literally in the last year or mm-hmm. two left of his career, you're going to have that hole missing for your ace. Mm-hmm. Um And I think Shohei is such an interesting case, too, because you have to consider not just him as a hitter, but you have to consider him as how long are we going to continue to need him as a starting pitcher. Mm -hmm. And then if that's the case, do we move into some sort of, uh, you know, DH slash middle middle relief pitcher? Or will he have to be a, a starter just because of his name? And the draw that it brings, you, you know what I'm saying, I think right? So, yeah, it's it's bigger than just what he provides on the mound. It's is he pitching? I'm yeah. coming to watch that. So I've been thinking about the Dodgers a little bit. Um, You're wearing Dodger blue today. Didn't think about that when I got in here. And he, he hates the Dodgers, folks. Yeah, um, sorry to bring that up. Just because I'm
1: wearing blue does not mean I give a flying you know what about we'll the say Los it's Eagles. Cubs. We'll Dodgers. say it's Cubs blue. Coming from the guy who walked by the Dodgers clubhouse and thought, "There's a Giants hat in there." Yeah. I really did think about. Was it? I think it was like a week and a half ago. I thought about walking into the Dodgers clubhouse and buying a Giants hat,
2: <laughs>
1: just to be like, yeah. "Look at look at this great optic." Yeah. Anyway, I I think the Dodgers are. <laughs> uh, they have a
2: little bird. Well, you know, as you walk out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, that wouldn't be great optics for me, the individual. Um, <laughs> I don't know that the Dodgers need him, like, at the moment. Mm. Because I think this is this is the other part of the equation. Right now, if you're the Dodgers, you make the trade, you give up a lot. If you think you have a chance in the off season to get him, you give up nothing. Except you probably spend about $60 million a year, but the Dodgers could. Um, the, the Dodgers could spend that kind of money I mean what's their what's their payroll now the Dodgers payroll is at 224.9 million dollars that's fifth uh fifth highest in the league again looking up at the Mets who are trash and spend 344.6 so they could that's the challenge give up a lot for a chance to win a title now mm. or give up nothing for a chance to spend. And think of several titles later. It's it's the, it's the age-old trade deadline superstar question.
2: One thing's for certain, though. I don't think any titles are coming to the Angels. That is very much true. The yeah. longer he stays there, the longer he's prolonging the chance of winning a title. Yeah.
1: And that, I think the other question in all of this, if you're Artie Moreno, you're the Angels... Are you are you happy? Like, what are you happy to get? Like, if you're not going to get anything if you watch him walk at the end of the year because he'll be a free agent, I don't know how much you get now because the value doesn't match up. Um, and I think there will be some teams that probably play it on the cheap in order to just say, okay, well, if we don't get him, then so be it. But um we have a chance in the off season to to you know be in the race and not have to give up anything i think the chances of him staying are greater than 50% because i don't know that the angels will be happy with much of anything that comes their way as far as an offer mm. to make the case that it's worth it to trade him
2: that makes sense i think so and with That's the beautiful thing about free agency is he could opt out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He could choose, you know, in a very kind of polite and honoring way, which is very part of the course. Well, he for, doesn't even have to. He just contracts
1: over. You don't but, have to but, opt out. You're just gone. That's what I mean. Yeah.
2: Like in, in that way, he's not doing the Angels, you know, uh, ball club dirty or anything like that. He's just moving on. Right. He has the right to do that. Yeah. um i don't know if it's gonna quite get to that point because he's such a high a high ticket commodity someone will make a play for him
1: yeah for sure I, I i think teams would be dumb some teams not all some teams would be dumb not to
2: especially if you if you have a a market that would support him i mean you're talking about potentially selling out every game mm-hmm if he's playing.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there are some places that don't sell out very many games. Um, the other thing, selfishly, because I am rooting for the Rays to, to make a run here. The other selfish thing that I, I thought of here is I was watching a video of um, a World Baseball Classic. And I, I think this was at the Tokyo Dome. And I don't remember who Japan was playing. But he was obviously he was on Team Japan. He hits a home run. Yeah, It goes up and it gets caught. In, in the rafters. In the rafters. Yeah.
2: It was an absolute moonshot.
1: Yes. They had to determine whether that was a home run. It never came down, it never landed in the seats. You know, the word on
2: the street is it's still going.
1: Probably. <laughs> um, you know, in Tropicana Field, they have catwalks, and home runs do get hit into catwalks. I think you could also probably hit one into the rafters there at Tropicana Field, too. Uh, so I selfishly just want to see that just because I think it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you can uh, let us know from your perspective who uh, who should make a run. Who Who do you think may have him uh, by the trade deadline? Or is he still a member of the Los Angeles Angels? You can text in our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Setting up the show, uh, Casey Yamauchi, UH ELO UH baseball player, uh, signed by the Oakland Athletics organization, he's actually going to be heading to Arizona. Honestly, was it either tonight or tomorrow? I was talking to him earlier today, setting up the schedule. The travels, um, the travels, fun. Uh, that's that's one of the, that's one of the best sarcastic things mm-hmm. um, that you have looking forward to is travel. So uh, you'll hear from him coming up in about uh, 13 minutes. Also, fun days because this is the time where we start getting rankings out for different conferences, including the Mountain West. Disclosure, I voted. Um, my uh, Mountain West uh, ballot ahead of next week's Mountain West Media Days is in. I had a deadline. Mm-hmm. Got it in five minutes before the deadline, as typical me fashion. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about what some of the publications are saying, including one that had Hawaii ranked last. Is it fair? That's coming up. Uh, in just a little bit. You're listening to Off the Bench, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Happy to have you in. It's ESPN Honolulu. Alright, Casey Yamauchi is in about nine minutes. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh we're getting ready for Mountain West Media Days. We're uh, we're we're gonna be in Vegas next week. Um and it's it's voting season. I had till noon today to get my ballot in. Got in at eleven fifty five. Um I honestly, I forgot. Just, I'm gonna be straight up. <laughs> I didn't remember to do my ballot, and I had it in my inbox for like a week and a half.
2: Procrastinating,
1: and I didn't remember until I got an email from somebody at the Mountain West, and it was not a remind. <coughs> Excuse me, it was not a reminder to do my ballot. The email was someone from like Mountain West Network. They're like, "Hey, um, love to do a segment with you while you're up there on, uh, you know, talking about the University of Hawaii." And I read that, and I said. Oh, bleep. Yep. The ballot. <laughs> so. <laughs> C C C C C C C. It's uh, I wish you could do it that way. Yeah. Um, it is weird. You you vote. This is my first time, so you vote based on like you rank at different positions, and um, not every team. So you, it's certain players. Yep. In and I said divisions, but each position. Remember last year we had the conversation about um. Hank Bachmeyer. Actually, well, we I don't we didn't have this show last year, but last year Hank Bachmeyer was left off of the quarterback ballot because he wasn't like an all conference quarterback the year ago. And that's like Boise State's rule. And so they left him off. Bachmeyer's gone now. That was that was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, obviously not every quarterback is there too. Um, Shevin Cordero, Braden is on the list. Yep. Um, Brumfield from UNLV, who a lot of people think could have a really good year, yep. is on that list. I'm scared
2: um, for when we play him.
1: Yeah, um, there are there are a couple other quarterbacks I I can't remember, but um, it it was uh, it was eye opening. It was an eye opening ballot. But I think um, there's one thing as as everybody starts putting out their stuff. There's one that got people's attention today, and that was Mountain West Wire. Love the guys there. Uh, also, full disclosure, I was supposed to do a ballot for them, I think, mm-hmm. and I forgot. So, uh, yeah, not too proud of that. But they did their, um, their all-conference team, and they also had their projected order of finish. And what some people are kind of getting all hoo-hoo about is that based on the voters, Hawaii was last. Mm. Um, a point below New Mexico and eight points above Nevada. So I ask you in the 40 seconds we have, is it fair? Is, is it fair when you see Hawaii in last in a, in a ranking?
2: Uh, I think any preseason rankings are one kind of unfair and two kind of stupid. Oh, okay. They don't mean anything. True. I hate to crap all over your <laughs> first time experience getting to vote. <laughs> I know. Um, but Come on, man. They really only are fuel for the players. I I can't not think about them from the the point of view as a former player. Uh-huh. Uh I love the fact that Hawaii has an underdog chip on their shoulder every time preseason rankings come out because they never put us high. Yeah. I love that. Um, because it means that we can sneak up on people.
1: All right, let's save more of this because we got to hit break. Sports Center's coming up. Casey Amauchi on the other side. We'll get back to this coming up in a bit. Off the bench, GSPN Honolulu. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Good to have you in. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Before we bring in Casey Yamauchi, got this text via our Zephyr Insurance text line from the 554. Our first segment, we were talking about Shohei Otani Hmm. and uh, whether it's worth it to trade him now. Um, My my rooting interest in the Rays to make a trade for him. Texts are from the uh, 554. Why couldn't Tampa pay him $60 million? Their payroll would be $150 million or so. If they won two or three World Series, wouldn't they make a lot more money through merchandising and marketing? He would draw more people through the gate. I think it's a great idea, unless there's a rule about paying one player almost 50% of your payroll. Of course you think it's a great idea because you texted it. So, of course you thought it is. Um, I mean, I, I love it. I just I think the Rays are – that's their identity is – we're a small market team. Great farm system. Yeah, we don't want to spend more than a hundred million dollars, and um, you know they will they will live that way. It's and and to be honest, maybe they haven't won a title, mm. but they've they've been pretty close.
2: They've been very close.
1: So it's I mean I I like the texters idea, but I feel like Tampa Bay wouldn't change even for Shohei. I don't I don't think they would change what they did. One exception. If Major League Baseball makes them relocate, which they might because Tropicana Field is awful, there's the thought of making them relocate to Orlando. Mm. And if that happens, then I think we might be going somewhere Mm. in that conversation. But uh, we'll put a pin on that for a little while. Uh, keep your texts coming at 808-296-1420. All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit AlohaKia.com uh, at AlohaKia. You know a guy. Casey Amauchi is uh, joining us now. Played baseball at the University of Hawaii. He had um, one of the most prolific seasons a baseball player at any level could have um, in his final season. And he joins us now. Um, before I ask you about kind of the lead-up to now having a professional opportunity. Uh, we were talking earlier today. The travel for you um, is kind of insane, is it not? I mean, I, I talked to you on a bus, then you drove. Now you're at a hotel, then you're flying. Um, what, what are these last 24 hours like travel-wise?
3: Uh, travel-wise, um, it was the weirdest thing. I walked into the airport, uh, and all of the workers were like, Wow, you must be really important. That huge bus was just for you because I was the only guy in like a forty seater bus. But um
2: Do you turn around and yeah, go, That's and then, right, I'm the show, baby.
3: <laughs> I I mean, they said, What do you do? and I was like, Oh, uh I I actually just got signed and they just had like an emergency drop me off at the airport and I gotta scramble my way back to get my stuff. Wow. Uh, and, and which airport is this? Remind people. Um, so I was playing for the Frederick Keys in the MLB Draft League, and we were on the road in Ohio. And my my bus driver had to drop off the team at the game because they had a game at 7 our time. And then he had to drive an hour, uh, he had to drive me an hour to the Cleveland airport to fly into Baltimore, uh, BWI airport. And then I had to take an Uber uh, which is like an hour away from my hotel. And I just got back to the hotel.
2: <laughs> you're already hashtag on the bus for the miners, bro. That's awesome, though.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, I've, been, I've been getting a taste of the lifestyle already.
1: So you're in the hotel, so you've, you've gone that hour. Then you fly tomorrow, right?
3: Yeah, I actually have a, a flight. at. A, it takes off at around 7.40 tomorrow morning. <laughs> So I got to get another Uber at around like five in the morning to get to the the airport again.
1: And he's and he's going to Arizona, um, where he'll start his his per- professional career. I hope they're paying for your Uber.
3: Um, I believe I will be. I'll get reimbursed. <laughs> no, okay, they said just focus on getting back because <laughs> it's kind of an unorthodox way of me getting there. You know.
1: You know, one thing I love about this conversation. Um, I, was, I was telling Casey earlier today when we set it up, but I said it's been a long time because I remember Casey as a really young kid when I'd be calling basketball games at Waikia High School, and your family would be PA announcing and running the scorebook for all these high school games, and you're running around. You're, you're having fun because why not? You're a kid. Um and to go from that to now you're you're a, a record setting baseball player and you're now going to the professional level it's it's remarkably incredible. Um at what point I'm curious did the thought of playing professionally and maybe the realistic thought of playing professionally ever enter your mind?
3: Um I'd say it was about a year and a half ago before uh, our season started my junior year or my fourth year because um, this uh, my teammate at the time, he he's from Oahu. His name is uh, Mathis. He, he told me, like, you know, you're a skinny, small kid. Like, imagine what you could do if you actually lifted weights because I was already playing really well. And he told me like you don't you're not working hard enough and I was like, Oh, you know what, you're right. And then I started working hard enough and or I, I started working harder and then this past year was amazing and like I got if he didn't say anything like that to me, I don't know where I would be right now. But that's probably when I started realistically thinking about it.
1: Casey Amoochi joining us. He's on his way to the Oakland Athletics Association. He's with us off the bench, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline.
2: Casey, uh, we're obviously rooting for you in this uh, this journey uh, prayerfully into the pros, bro. But it sounds like you're also Mr. Hilo. So what um, what pose of a statue are you expecting them <laughs> to make of you um, back outside of the Flames facility? Because it sounds like that's that's around the corner as well. Oh.
3: Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if, uh, if I'm that much of a legend, I think my, my dad would deserve, um, something like that more than I do right now. <laughs> but if I were to get a a statue, I hope it's like with all the little kids, like right next to me or like, you know, uh, on the side of Wong stadium, because that's where every game started. I used to be a little kid, uh, asking for autographs from the Vulcans <laughs> and then, during my time, I got to give autographs to the kids, and I know how much that, that was, or I knew how fun it was for them, and it was just as fun for me when I got the chance to give them um, my attention.
1: That's one of the cool things about you know being in a small town, you know, not like you know here on Oahu where you've got you know so many people, and I guess I can say I I grew up in a small town that. To have those experiences, it's not often elsewhere where it can be reciprocal. And at a place like in a place like Hilo, where there is only one school, um, there's only one school with an athletic department. Not to, to take away the community colleges, mm. and to be able to go to the game in the best facility that they play in, to go to the games and then have that dream, like, hey, um, I could play for my hometown team. We talk about it on, on Oahu often. But to have that in Hilo is actually really, really special, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Especially with the attention that I've been getting this past year. Um, I wasn't really thinking about, like, man, I need to, I need to make the league for myself. Like, I wanted, Of course, I wanted to get the opportunity to play professionally. But um, I know growing up, for me, like, there was like kind of a stigma about UH Hilo not being a very uh, exposing school. But uh, this past year or the past two years, like, we've had a lot of guys get looks. And I think uh, it was pretty big that people are getting chances out of UH the now.
1: Well, you know, credit to the sports information department. I mean, now they're starting to get, you know, live streaming of games, which is something that wasn't happening a long time ago. Um, And... The program's turned around. Um, you know, I've I've covered that program for many years. Um, you playing under Callan Miyataki and that staff, uh, a lot of local guys who have given back to to college baseball and to that program. You have become an integral part of that program's turnaround.
3: How cool is that? Oh, I was um, I was just happy to be a part of the program. But uh, I know before like all of this um attention and stuff like they were they were taking care of me like i was already going to the big loser um i was going to get an opportunity they had no idea what i was going to do i was just like some kid from hilo and they took care of me like i was a celebrity and they gave all of my teammates from the mainland they made them feel at home and you know they they just made the program so much better and gave us everything that they possibly could
1: Casey Yamauchi, uh now former UAT UH Lo Vulcan, uh off to uh, the Oakland A's organization. He joins us courtesy of the Aloha
2: Kia hotline. Casey, I'd love to just hear your mindset heading into this next level of baseball. Um you know, as a free agent, I, I know a little bit more on the football side of things with with my my former teammates, but are you going in it trying to prove something? Or are you trying to go into it uh, finding a groove at that next level? Uh, talk us through your mindset. Uh, obviously, you're, you're excited at this point, but well, what is um, your idea of success maybe in these you know, first six, eight months of uh, being at the next level?
3: Um, I feel like my mindset is probably the same because, every level that I've played at or I've gone to from like uh, high school to college and to playing now uh, I've always been like one of the smaller guys, you know, um, overlooked. And um, I feel like going into pro ball now, I'm kind of just the same thing. Like my, my number one thing that I want to do is just have fun, but I guess in a way I do want to prove something, you know, like a small kid can do it, mm. uh, especially from the island, and yeah, that's.
1: Um, last thing, well, one of the last things for you, uh, describe that moment when the A's organization gave you a call.
3: Oh, um, so I was I was getting ready for my game, and uh, well, the night before we had a game in Ohio. And my teammates came out running. Like, we won the game, and they came out running, and they are yelling. And I thought they were just really excited because we won the game. But they came out running, and they, they had my phone. And they were like, oh, the A's guy just called you. And, like, they thought it was a call that I was going to get picked up. But the A's guy told me that um, he was sorry that the draft didn't go my way. But if any opportunities open up, he'll give me a call. And so I wasn't really expecting a call. But the next day, so yesterday, um, I was getting ready for the game hitting in the cage and my teammates came running out of the locker room again with my phone saying that the A's guy called me. I'm calling back and he offers me and all of my teammates are just standing there. And I've only known these guys for about a week, but they're all going crazy. And like the first thing I wanted to do was like call my parents, but they're actually going to, um, they were going to Seattle at the time uh, for RBI. So, I kind of just, I called them real quick, uh, hoping that they would answer. And they actually just landed in Oahu. So I got to talk to them for a little But they had to go. So I didn't really get to celebrate with my family, but, um, it was still like really exciting. My mom was crying and yeah.
1: Wow, um, that's awesome! Man. For, I, I would have said first things first. Um, I would be feeling kind of sketched that my teammates are touching my phone, um, but <laughs> but uh, it it all works out. And in a way, it's kind of like you gained a new family in a sense. Because I mean, you're playing in a in a prospect league where all those. I mean, it's I'm sure it's competitive. All those guys want the same thing you do, right? And to you know to go from from that to these guys are celebrating you after knowing them for, you know, less than two weeks' time.
2: They're rooting for yeah, them. That, yeah, that's
3: amazing. My uh, my mom actually, um, when I told her about how my teammates were, like, I told them, oh, yeah, like, they seem to like me. And uh, she thinks that, or she said that, you know, it's uh, it reflects how I was raised in Hawaii and the people that I was around. And I think, like, realizing now, like, out of – Hilo, because in Hilo I would always take around like the the new recruits um, to the team. I would be like their first friend there, and then coming out here and like being out of my element, uh, I made a lot of friends really quickly, and I think that's because I was raised in Hawaii.
1: I'm just gonna go over the accolades for for people since we didn't do it at the top. That's all on me. All-time career leader in UH Hilo Vulcan history in runs, hits, doubles, and steals. And for a program that has had a long history, even going back to its Division I independent status way back when, um, that's really cool. Uh, Casey, say hello to your parents for me. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. And uh, best of luck in your journey, all right?
3: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: All right. That is Casey Yamauchi. You may not have seen him because he was at UH Hilo. He played in Division Two, but you will now. Um, Let's go. That is, that is a cool story. And he was with us courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, visit alohakia.com at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. As soon as, I, I think it was, uh, I don't remember who asked the question, but as soon as he's like, well, <laughs> and I think it was the question about how he found out mm-hmm. that he was going to, uh, to Oakland, he's like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew, okay, we're getting a story out of yeah, this. And this is going to be pretty good. Love it. Um, it's a It's a good testament. And I guess I can say this as a. Uh, a, a hilo born individual um, there is something special about growing up there and there is something special about being able to go from there and do big things and be able to say, yeah, um, I'm from Hilo and you know we're um, you know we're we're kind of unique you know we're from a small town, but it's those values that kind of make us yeah and it's just it's not that often where that opportunity goes to somebody like like him. Yeah. Undersized. I mean, he went into his season weighing 155 pounds, probably soaking wet. Wow. Um and to go from that now, you know, building up and all that, I mean, just it's uh it's incredible. Stoked for him. Yes. Uh you can get in touch with us our uh text line or Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. You can call us there as well. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench, GSP in Honolulu. Sports Center update is on the way, uh, coming up in less than nine minutes. Uh, ESPN Honolulu presents the really big road show number twelve. It's a week from uh, yesterday, Wednesday, five to seven p.m. at Growler Hawaii and Kapahulu. Hulu. Join us on site. Uh, us being uh, Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. Uh, meet Chad Owens, Charlie Wade, Michelle Nagamine, and more. Uh, and of course, Growler Hawaii is where it's going to be, and they feature up to one hundred taps happy hour daily. to 6.30 p.m., great poo-poo as well. Uh, It's Growler Hawaii for the really big road show coming up on uh, Wednesday. Coming up at the top of the next hour, we heard from Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, It is Big 12 media days going on uh, there in, in Dallas, and one of the things that he brought up was just kind of the state of of college football and college sports. He brings up the NIL, he brings up realignment. So I figured it's a good time to kind of, you know, get our own state of, Hmm. um, and we'll, we'll do that coming up at the top of the hour. I want to finish what we were talking about though, with, um, you know, Mountain West, you know, all these preseason polls, you know, I, I, you said earlier, you know, they don't really matter, which is, which is kind of true more often than not though. They're right. And that's the scary thing about it is mm-hmm. that um, you know a lot of times, and I think it's more the individual awards that are um, you know they're more so based on last year. Sure. Um, you know, you never know how they're going to look this
2: year, and you, you never know if injuries are going to happen. And based off of that, you asked about fairness uh-huh. earlier. Uh-huh. Hawaii had three wins last year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair for us to finish definitely lower, lower end of the barrel when it comes to Mountain West. Um, but again, it's kind of like high school rankings. Mm. It's a new team. It's a new um, whole new environment. Whenever high school teams uh, face off the, the the following year for you know a matchup for the previous year's success, it's like well we didn't get to see those two teams play each other because those players have gone on to play in college. Now it's, it's kind of the same thing where I understand they're trying to build off of last year and see who else is on the roster and kind of gauge all of that. Mm -hmm. Well, Hey, Logan Taylor was on our roster last year. and didn't play until midway second half of the season and ended up being a stud for us on defense. So I think there is a very high ceiling for Hawaii, that we have not, um, we haven't grown into just yet. Yeah, I think what's tough about it is, and and Logan Taylor was uh, someone that us voters
1: could vote for mm. uh, at the linebacker good, position. Good. You know, I I think the the tough thing about it is, you know, there is a lot that is returning, especially at key positions at quarterback um you know some of the offensive line defense there's a lot coming back as well and i think you hope from i think our vantage point you hope for okay a year of experience means you're a year better right but that's one of the 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 tough things about it that you kind of have to navigate sometimes is Does a year of experience make you a year better, which means your win-loss record is better because you'll have a lot of other people from other schools that will say, well, we also have a year of experience and we hope to be a year better and and some of that stuff. I want to read you what Mountain West Wire said. And I think this kind of, you know, I, I think it kind of cools where some people might get upset when Mountain West Wire puts Hawaii below New Mexico. They said, and I quote, our staff doesn't appear to have a lot of faith in New Mexico's offseason overhaul and seems to think the rebuilds at Nevada and Hawaii need another year to truly start paying dividends. So when I read that, I read it as, yeah, um, they see it as being a potentially tough year. Uh, but they also, when I read that last year, the last part of it, seeing to truly start paying dividends, I read that as they believe Hawaii will be better. Mm-mm. Maybe not right now, but maybe in a year, maybe in two years like they see an upward trajectory. they just don't see it at this point, sure, does that make sense?
2: No, it definitely does. And the majority of the success that Hawaii is having in the recruiting game is for next season mm-hmm. um, good point, n- not to say this incoming recruiting class that we're going to see this fall isn't going to be good or successful because uh, only time will tell. Yeah, we don't know. Only time will tell. Um, but a few of those guys, you know, I'm thinking of um, Eddie um, Okase N- Nekatia. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, what Eon is his, uh, uh-huh. his abbreviation. The track star from New Zealand coming here. Very little football skills just yet. It's going to take some time to develop him into – a serious outside threat for our offense. So you're you're exactly right to that regard. It's going to take a year or so to feel like we've grown into who we're going to be. More on this coming
1: up, especially at the quarterback
2: position. Sports Center and traffic coming up next.
1: Hunter, that's our favorite hype man. His name is Brett Yormark. He's the commissioner (laughs) of the Big 12 Conference. Hey, we got an expansion plan. You could ask me about it. Not going to tell you.
2: Hey, we got a concert set for the Big 12 Championship. You can ask me later <laughs> who's going to be playing.
1: Don't be like me, though, throwing out George Michael's name without realizing George Michael died many years ago. Yeah, that would be
2: uh, a pretty lousy don't, concert. Don't
1: do what I did. Yeah. Uh, um, But you heard him talking a little while ago about, uh, a little while ago being like 30 seconds ago, about kind of the state of, of college athletics, I I loved the way he put it because obviously the you know name, image, and likeness is big. We talked about it with Dan Lust I think a couple of weeks ago about how you've got a you've got a potential battle here between states and schools and schools in the NCAA and you know nobody's really truly perfected how to figure out NIL and how yeah. to do it the right way and then you've got realignment which is. Um, it's all over the place. It you know it it creates a lot of a lot of rumor mill stuff. Um, televisions come into play. By the way, TV news. Uh, guess what network uh, scored some ACC games?
0: Hmm.
2: Let's see. Not the CW. It is. Oh, yes. We love to crap on the CW on this show. By the way, um, the CW. Are those games going to be interrupted by whose line is it anyway? <laughs> you stole my Twitter, joke. Sorry. It's like you read my Twitter. Just like um, li- live golf. <laughs> yeah, no the the uh, the
1: CW got um, a package of games that used to go on uh, regional sports networks. Uh, it was the Bally Sports networks. Mm. Bally, who is going through bankruptcy, uh, already can't gave pay up.
2: MLB teams.
1: Yeah, they gave up the rights to the San Diego Padres. May give up the rights to several more here soon said, um, we don't think it's valuable to us to continue on with the ACC. So um, this is like a, a third-party thing. Uh, ESPN and Raycom Sports, who produces the game, said, all right, um, we found the CW. So the CW is going to have a game a week, and then they're going to do basketball doubleheaders on Saturday and women's basketball doubleheaders on Sundays. Hmm. And... Weirdly enough, we make fun of the CW, but it's actually better exposure than what they were getting for what honestly was like their bottom tier games, like the games that probably don't deserve to be on national television. Yeah, And the reason I say that is the CW is on broadcast TV. Um, you can likely get it on your uh, digital antenna uh, because it's local networks who... Um, who are affiliates of the CW? So, like the CW is the local network's KHON. So KHON has you know they're they're a Fox affiliate. They also have KHI, and then they have um, CW. Whereas being on a on a regional sports network, you got to be on cable um, to be able to see it. And I just realized yesterday I was looking at Hawaiian Telecom's lineup because Hawaiian Telecom, um, I guess we're we're in it now. They didn't even have the regional sports networks. On mm. their lineup as of like several years ago, and those people who wanted to watch those people who are Hawaiian Telcom subscribers who wanted to watch the All Star Game could not watch the All Star Game because um, there is a a carriage dispute between Hawaiian Telcom and the parent company of KHON that's Next Star because Next Star this is I, I think in other networks or other um, Distributors want like a seventy percent increase in their rights fees, and Hawaiian Telecom said no. So seventy
2: percent is pretty steep.
1: Yeah. So um, KHON and the CW and KHI and I think News Nation, which is a Next Star cable company or cable channel, they're all off until uh, that dispute is gone. That's not the reason why the Major League Baseball's All Star Game had its one of its lowest ratings ever, but it was a small chunk. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was a side route there, um, but that's part of it. When, when we talk about you know the expansion, goes hand in hand with TV, and it goes hand in hand with money and all that. So the point where I was trying to get to, until I got upended by the TV part of the de- of the deal, <laughs> the state of college athletics, the state of college football particularly. So we hear Brett Yormark um, from your perspective, state of college athletics would you say it's trending upward? would you say it's moving backward? would you say we're kind of on a on an even platform right now? how, how would you describe that
2: it's tough to gauge up or down when it just really it feels new I just feel like I just feel like we're stepping into some uncharted territory um I uh, was actually I, I threw today. On Roosevelt's Field with uh, Jason Matthew Sharsh, if you remember him, I do remember him from uh, uh, University of Hawaii back 2019.
1: Like a little uh, name drop there.
2: Well, yeah, he's <laughs> he's going to go back and play some some pro ball in England this this coming fall, and needed someone to throw it to him. But we were talking about this today. This is the reason I'm bringing it up. He was asking about NIL and what I thought about that, and I think it's a matter of time, Josh, for certainly Power Five schools. To, to consider um, paying players as employees when you, when you look at the time requirement that it takes to be a member of these, these, uh, these programs, or teams are going to have to start capping because the NCAA um, don't want people working overtime, if you will, without a proper uh, representation. Uh-huh. Um, so that is uncharted territory um let's, NIL, let's, let's hit on that first yeah
1: um man that's hard
2: because every- nil is not just the caleb williams is yeah um the zion williamsons from a couple years ago that the extremely blue chip a-list college athletes that's right it's the 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 run-of-the-mill starters on your teams. Um even the ones that we have here right now. Like
1: Braden Shager's got an N I L so we can sell merchandise. That's exactly
2: right. He's got a website where you can go and buy T shirts. And Um, watch an episode of Hawaii Football now. That's right. Um (laughs) local vendors like uh Sweet Enemy Clothing, uh they sponsor a lot of UH athletes uh with merch and gear and uh sponsorships on on that and it's, it's a very kind of ever-evolving and ever-changing topic. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that will be very interesting, and I don't think we're done yet, is the shift from student-athlete to student-employees of these programs. And I'm not a fan of it. I want that to be clear. I'm not a fan of at all because you
1: don't want them to be
2: employees. No, it okay. I don't want it to be an employer to an employee relationship right there cuz they're kids. Uh how are you going to how how is a a kid who plays wide receiver for instance and goes out there and drops five balls and the conversation in the locker room is you're not doing your job another game like that and you're fired. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like the 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 line will get crossed inevitably. Um, from grace and relationship, and
1: then you get an HR issue. That's right. And-,
2: and then then you've got incentives built into how do I get promoted? How do I keep this job? Um, I'm doing all of these things. The promotion being being a starter. You know, it just gets in the weeds so quickly. Um, that I'm worried whenever the NCA decides to go that route. Well,
1: I know the NCA doesn't want to, it seems. And and certain schools, I, I you know, player groups have tried. I know Northwestern failed in that. Um, They're I, failing
2: I, in a few areas right now. This is true. Um, I
1: remember talking to a long time ago, Ramogi Huma, who is um, the leader of kind of this coalition of players trying to form like a union. And um, this is something that has been – Brought up with Northwestern, I believe it was also brought up at USC, and so far it it hasn't materialized. I I think of some of the things that that you bring up, like you know the equivalent of, let's say, if they're an employee and something goes wrong, the equivalent of HR might be compliance. Mm. Um, you know, you talk about okay, if you want a promotion, um, you know. That How do you ask that as an employee? There are some similarities there. Um, have we seen guys, and you would know better than I do, if guys don't perform, can they get cut from their scholarships it, and kicked off the team?
2: Exactly. That's where that's where it gets dangerous. Mm-hmm. So it's almost to now, me... Now, difference to me between performance and, um like, doing the bare minimum, like... I, I, I'm I okay with penalizing players for not coming to practice, mm-hmm. showing up late, mm-hmm. um, doing things of that nature, um, keeping a grade point average above, okay, I'm talking like 2.0, something right. like that. that I at, see you guys on the phones. so we'll get to you in a second here at 808 Now, to to that level, accountability needs to be much, much higher. Uh-huh. And to much is given, much is required. And so if we... If they ever do go in that direction, I could see there being um reprimanding for not upholding code of conduct, if yeah, you will.
1: Okay. The other thing is I, I think there is a structure system, you know, right now you have like cost of attendance, yeah. but it's certainly not equal between schools. Just like pay is probably not gonna be equal if you were to make them employees and so on and so forth. So there's there are a lot of things that they're, um, they wouldn't be equal across the board. And to me, it would be really hard. And every state has different labor laws. That's right. And, That's right. You know, you, you talk about the weeds. We're talking about, like... Um, U.S. Open, open we're weeds. We're talking about Open Championship, yes. you know, rough. <laughs> totally. Uh, let's say hi to Neil, who's calling in here at 808-296-1420. Neil, what's up? What's up,
0: boys? So here's the thing with NIL and the reason why... I, as a college sports fan, what's going to stop the college athlete from unionizing? Mm. What's going to stop the college athlete from, and, and, and I'm not saying that they can't profit off of their talent, their looks. I mean, we see it with Olivia Dunn and uh, the, the Cavender twins or whatever the heck their names are. I don't yeah. know. are yeah. no, from Miami. Fun.
1: They've they've gone on to uh, the WWE,
0: right? So, you know, and and when that came up with Olivia Dunn and the Cavender twins, I was I, I literally I think I sent you guys a text message just what you know I don't have a problem with them capitalizing on their looks because honestly, it happens in college, right? I mean, you find uh, certain dancers that are college students and they're dancing to their way through college. So, you know, I mean, that happens. But with NIL, it transforms what once was the showcase of student athletes yep. to becoming a tr- truly a business venture for high school kids.
2: Yeah, it used and to be the highest level of amateur sports.
0: Exactly. And it and it's not that anymore because now kids are going to be like, hey, I'm good enough to make two and a half million dollars while I'm going to school, and NIL is going to do that. I mean, you look at the blue chippers, as you look at the the blue blood, the blue blood football programs, the blue blood basketball programs, or that
2: Those that girl for that are- LSU who says, why would I go to the WNBA when I could stay here and make twice that money Stay right. here
0: for two more years and make twice that money because i'm the face of louisiana state university now, right you know like, so it, it, it the whole concept of nil has very much made me as a longtime college sports fan very very disheartened because now it's not about The highest, like you said, Hunter, the highest levels of amateur sport. Now it's a bunch of pros that are putting on the colors of a school going out and playing a game. And I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it.
1: Gotcha. Hey, Neil, thank you for calling. I appreciate you you listening. Um, And I think the impact is dependent on sport. It's not the same impact across the board. I don't think you feel it in baseball. Uh, I don't think you really feel it in football. To me, nothing's really changed on that front. Um, I think where the combat to NIL has been has been basketball, where you could actually technically go pro overseas. You could go pro with G League Unite, um, you know, right out of high school. If you're getting an in, in, in NIL and you're going to college, either you really want to go to class yeah, or – you don't believe those opportunities are for you, and you're still getting paid. But look at the blue bloods. The blue bloods aren't aren't as successful as they used to be. No. I mean, just just look no. at the Final Four. That tells That's you right. everything to know about you know how college basketball's kind of evened out a little bit. Thing is, and and I hear where Neil's coming from. We're not going back, no yep. matter how hard you feel. Uh, how how how. How, how strongly you are against it. You're not going back now.
2: That's right. You're uh, stuck. I don't know what kind of a hill it is, but it feels like we're sliding down it.
1: Mm-hmm. And with, I mean, it's the NCA wants you to do one thing. Congress wants you to do one thing. Schools are kind of stuck in the middle, and these players are like, still cashing in. That's
2: right. And then you get schools like University of Georgia where their third-team guys... Are literally getting cars from dealerships because they, you know, they they want to help and support the program, and then they're drag racing around campus.
1: Yeah, we,
2: we we forget that these guys are children. Children. You and I talked about it the other day. Um, s- super excited to have um, Devon Rice verbally commit to University of Hawaii. Right. Um, he's at at Bishop Gorman for those uh, listening and I just cracked up to myself when we had him on the phone. He's a kid. Yep. He's a 17-year-old kid, and I'm stoked to have him for our team. But people forget because these guys are huge, physical specimens of humans, but they're kids. That's right. And you're giving these kids that resource, that freedom, um, that ability to do more that kids can get into. I want to finish the thought on on state of college sports with you.
1: We've we've got the NIL stuff down. Uh, let's let's get to other parts of it. We'll do that after uh, we take a look at traffic. It's off the bench. This is ESPN Honolulu. Recruiting coming up. There's something I'm a little uh, I'm a little scared of. I'll share with you uh, coming up in just about. Uh, about eight minutes or so another look at uh, traffic at sports centers on the way uh we were talking about state of college football where it's gone up it's kind of gone down we're kind of kind of even footed you know we talked about nil a little bit take me through one of the other areas um that that you're kind of focused on in the state of the game here at the moment or state of college athletics here at the moment
2: uh conference realignment it's too early to make A judgment on if it's good or if it's bad. The only certainty is that it's new. I'm I'm trying to remain unbiased towards that because really the the only thing that is that we're losing really is the robbery games at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I can't speak for how it's going to feel in three, four, five years if there ends up being three massive conferences and the dying out of the Pac-12 or who knows, who knows what is going to take place with that. Um, But man, there is a top to bottom decision on go where the money is.
1: I would post this to you. um, And I'm not saying that this is even possible, but let's just say for giggles, Hawaii's got an opportunity to go to the Pac-12. Yeah. I can see the rumor real people starting to hit record on their phones. Yeah. Let's 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 say Hawaii had an opportunity to go to the Pac-12. The money's there, right? But you lose the Ninth Island Showdown, you lose the pineapple trophy, you lose playing against Fresno you lose playing against San Diego State lose you the lose the Paniolo trophy you lose all these trophies and all these
2: rivalry games you have yep is it worth it i don't know and for the bigger payday to me that that's where there, there are certain things there's certain games that are bigger than conference realignment we talked about it a little bit at the end of the show yesterday with Bedlam uh-huh. Oklahoma Oklahoma State um Imagine if it happened in the uh the Big 10. If somehow Ohio State or Michigan left and we didn't get the game anymore. Right. That would suck. Yeah. Two fan bases that royally hate each other. It's what it's all about. That is what it's about. Pick your side and and dig your feet in cuz we're not changing. That that part I I my answer is no. It's not worth it.
1: Okay, so you take less money to stay in a conference where you have your protected rivalry games. Absolutely. Okay, let's continue that conversation. I love this. Uh, our text line, our studio line, open at 808-296-1420. Traffic and Sports Center next. So, what would you do? We just stumbled upon this. We didn't. We didn't plan this. This wasn't in our show prep text message.
2: Just admitted our show prep was a yeah. text message. Um <laughs> nothing but the best here. Yeah.
1: It's not always like that. Um if you had an invite, if you were like a like I'm not saying Hawaii's getting an invite, but if you were Hawaii and you had a Pac 12 invite, but it also meant that you no longer could play your rivalry in trophy games like the Fresnos and the San Diego States and the UNLVs and all of that, San Diego State obviously – or not San Diego State. San Jose State uh, honored the the legacy, yeah. all of that. Is losing all of that worth a bigger payday in another conference? And you said no.
2: I was more thinking about it from the sense of Oklahoma.
1: Okay, that's fine.
2: Um, I think – Hawaii jumping from group of five to power five is a different conversation okay okay um, if they gave us that opportunity we would be stupid not to take it
1: well not this iteration of the
2: battle. sure but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying any like anything jumping up and we would be on peer level with the Stanford's with the cows with the Oregons the Washington's we would have to take that
1: okay so l- uh, let me um, and we'll go to the text messages here in a moment let me I guess let me Change the ball game here. Okay. Um, I believe the American Athletic Conference is a better TV deal. I believe the American Athletic Conference has better exposure than Pac-12. Than well, than than the Mountain
2: West. Okay. Okay. Um, gotcha. You
1: know, especially with with streaming, they had they they signed in 2019, twelve year, one billion dollar contract. That's, nice. That's a lot of money. Um, it's worth. Eighty-three point three million dollars a year, um, and that means that's uh, divvied
2: up pretty nicely.
1: So it's about seven mil per school. Now remember, San Diego State—they're being—they're—they're um, they're withholding their share of the TV revenue right now while they go through their dispute, and that's six. So let's 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 put it that way then. Let's let's do more apples to apples. Yeah. If Hawaii got an invite from the American and you're talking about television revenue, that would be more, you probably would have to lose the spectrum thing because the American everything's controlled by ESPN and you lose again, Fresno, UNLV, San Diego State, etc., for a few more million dollars in another maybe more um more viewed yeah group of five conference if we play it that way, you'd probably say no, I'm assuming not worth it
2: uh, yeah, I think for the American because they're not coast to coast, they're primarily on the east and the midwest a uh-huh. little bit um again, for Hawaii, I don't know if that extra million in uh t v revenue would cost. Would take care of the cost of the travel uh-huh. for us. Um, Pac-12 makes the most sense because it's the most similar to the Big West, yeah, and we get the benefit of jumping up to the Power Five. Right.
1: I think I'm just I'm just trying to again, sure. not saying any of it's happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't want I don't want the rumor mill to start taking this. The no, wrong we're, way. we're we're
2: shooting from the hip today. <laughs> yes,
1: we are. Um, you know, and, and it basically it's the what matters more. We were talking about realignment. What matters more? Protecting your rivalries. Or protecting your budgets is where we were going for. Um, Texer from the 233 says, I think you take the conference invitation. The fear, I think, especially for UH, would be the fear of being left behind if there is migration of teams from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, similarly to when the WAC was imploding and teams are going to the Mountain West. You take the invitation when it's offered. You never know if it will still be there later. Um, or in the case of San Diego State, um, you take the invitation when you get the invitation. That's right. Not when it hasn't come your way.
2: You assume that it's coming.
1: Yes. and
2: You You don't move the family before the job (laughs) offer is official.
1: And you know what they say when you assume. Don't repeat it, but you know.
2: You make a, "Mm, Mm. out of you. And (laughs) and me. And me. That's right.
1: Joseph says, uh, Hawaii doesn't really have any true rivals that mean anything. We're going to pause that. If you want to call them rivals, they are pretty weak and they haven't even been able to really compete in the Mountain Whack. I think he means the Mountain West. If things don't get substantially better, won't Hawaii just get destroyed in the Pac-12? Oh, this is where I always ask Hunter to just be Hunter Hughes, the Hunter Hughes, not Hunter Hughes, the former University of Hawaii football player. But for one moment in time, Hunter, I ask you to be Hunter Hughes, the former University of Hawaii football player. When I repeat this part of the text, and I quote, Hawaii doesn't really have any true rivals that mean anything. Close quote.
2: Mean anything Please. to who? I don't, I don't, who? Who are, who are we talking about don't mean anything? We hate Fresno. <laughs> Fresno hates us. Hate them. We hate BYU. BYU hates us. Yeah, well, they're not in the Mountain West. Well, but I don't
1: know if BYU hates us. I think BYU doesn't care.
2: I disagree. <laughs> They were very, They were much less than cordial. Think, whenever we were on the sideline, I honestly think
1: that rivalry is more stooped in volleyball um, than it might be in sports like like football. Maybe way sure. back when in football, but you, it, I, we had this conversation a couple of years ago, and, and I, I think they asked people in in BYU, and they're like, uh, "Our our rival is so and so and so in and Utah, so. And Hawaii, yeah, and Hawaii was never really even yeah. mentioned. No, I get that. Anyway,
2: now to the credit of that texter, I've never put stock in the UNLV um, uh, matchup being a rivalry game. Never really put one against uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. San Jose has started to become one. Right. Um, and same thing with Wyoming. All of those are kind of whatever to to us as players, just being honest. Okay. Um, the, the trophy thing is just icing on the cake at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We do not like Fresno. <laughs> that is like the the truest now also to that texter's credit those rivalry games don't sniff even come close to nsc notre dame obama auburn right, right. michigan ohio like of the florida florida state florida georgia of of the rivalries out there florida uh, oklahoma texas it's it's not on the same level.
1: No, and 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 nor should anybody I think even make the assumption that it would be. Not everything can be the world's largest outdoor cocktail party um, that has instant you know national um, you know exposure. But the you know college football as national it is as it is is also still very regional. Sure. And in your region, in your neck of the woods. Um, you still feel you still kind of have to carve out that. I, I'm also, I, I think, kind of reminded about this when we talk about rivalries is that, um, and and what you take, um, take the payday or you, you take those natural rivalries because you think those rivalries also sell you tickets. Um, those rivalries also account for really like two weeks of the year. That's right. Um,
2: and they're late in the year,
1: you know, Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. I only think of Ohio State with Michigan. Yep. Um, Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Oklahoma still has Oklahoma State for another year. and Texas, lost a And M. Um, Florida and Georgia's there every year. But truly, you know, in a fourteen-week um, season, well, thirteen. Um, then you add week zero, which is fourteen. In a in a fourteen-week season, your rivalry week. Is really one week, and it, and 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 more often than not, everybody's rivalries are played at the same time. They With are exception of Georgia and Florida, exception of Texas and Oklahoma, except uh, Michigan, Michigan State, because you can't play Ohio State and Michigan State at the same time. Yep. Um, like basketball, basketball has a literal rivalry week, and yep. you know this is what happens when ESPN is part of most of these conferences? They find a way to schedule all the rivalries in the same week, and why? Because they can sell it. They can call it rivalry week delivered by Denny's because have your flapjacks and your rivalries watching Tyler Hansborough get all bloodied up. Yeah, you know, that's that's the hard part, too, is, you know, you love the rivalries in in our case, in Hawaii's case, maybe not necessarily rivalries, but there are a lot of trophy games.
2: That's right. They're. Uh, they're fun matchups. Yeah,
1: they're, they're definitely. That's a better way. Fun
2: there. matchups. Now, if you don't mind, read the the text after that. Now that we've brought it back oh, to okay. Hawaii, okay? Because um, they were making mention of not being on the same level as teams in the Pac-12.
1: If things don't get substantially better, Joseph says on our Zephyr Insurance text line, won't Hawaii just get destroyed in the Pac-12? No. Oh, okay.
2: No, 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 no. Okay. There are three guys. There are three teams. In the Pac-12 that we cannot hang with. Okay. Three teams right now. Washington, Oregon, Utah. Okay. Everybody else, we can hang with those guys. Okay. The the um, Pac-12 is extremely bottom heavy, especially now with the exit of SC and UCLA. We can hang with the Arizonas. We can hang with Arizona State. We can hang with Cal. Cal is horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that Stanford game is going to be real close. Wow. That Stanford game is going to be very close. Washington State, we can hang with those guys. We beat Oregon State a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. The, the Pac-12 is not what it used to be. Absolutely not.
1: I think this iteration of Hawaii, however, I mean, it may take a couple of years, I believe, to, to be in that conversation that you're talking about. I don't know that this iteration of Hawaii... Competes with, I think they compete with Cal. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if they compete with as many schools as you mentioned in this iteration, but to your point, Hawaii continues to improve and gets better. They can. I think un- undoubtedly they can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think in the state of college sports, we, to fin- to kind of wrap this, um. We we celebrate the rivalry. We go all out for the rivalry. We, you know, we live it. We love it. But at the end of the day, it only consumes like a week or two in, in, in a football season, for example. Sure. And it's really what is the most that you
2: make of everything else. And you know what? Now, I'm going to bring it back to global. Yeah. Or not global, just uh, nationwide rivalries.
1: Yeah. Please don't do global because then everybody's going to be like, oh, you're bringing
2: the Asia thing in. No, I'm not. I'm not (laughs) doing that. I misspoke. Um, Give it a year or two in the SEC and try telling SEC fan bases not to do horns down. And you will have new rivalries against Texas. I promise you. Yeah, I promise you.
1: (laughs) SEC fans are... Rebels. That's right. And I don't mean the Ole Miss fans. No.
2: Anytime you play Florida, what are you doing when you beat them?
1: You're knocking down the goalposts. You're,
2: you're clapping your hands. Oh, that too. You're yeah, clapping sorry. your hands like the Gator <laughs> Chomp. Sorry. That's okay. You're, you're you're getting in their head that way. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Mm. It We're, we're probably going to start to see the emergence of some new rivalries. I think you're right.
1: Sorry, I was thinking of knocking down goalposts because the SEC finds you. But it's like, do the fans care?
2: Yeah. Do the schools stop them? No. Now, the the other thing here with conference realignment that is going to be – it's a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. is the conferences no longer have much association with geography. Like, we feel like these schools are moving somewhere amorphously. You know, Texas and Oklahoma are yeah. ending, ending up in Alabama or Mississippi or something like that. But yeah. physically, their schools aren't leaving anywhere. But the reason – OU and Texas World Rivalry were they were divided by state lines, mm-hmm. and they play on the Red River Rivalry, which is right there, right at the Cotton Bowl. That's right. So that. Oh, well,
1: I'm sorry. I say Cotton Bowl. Um, Cotton Bowl but, is but the State Fair.
2: Yes, is the the Oklahoma Texas State yeah, Fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so th- that's gonna be new with SC. UCLA, playing the Michigans, playing the Wisconsins, the Michigan States, Ohio State in Southern California. That's going to be really weird to get used to.
1: Coming up, we'll talk about recruiting. We got a lot of UH football stuff in today. Um, I'm a little nervous about something. You you sent me something earlier today, which looks really cool, but it also got me really nervous. Uh, I'll share that coming up after we take a look at traffic. It's Off the Bench. This is ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update is coming up off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We got another look at traffic on the way as well. Um, You sent me something earlier today that got me a little nervous. Not gonna lie. Max Preps put out their, um, and this was yesterday. They did this their top ten quarterbacks heading into the 2023 high school football season, and number five across the country. Across the country. And number five on that list is a Hawaii commit, uh verbal commit, obviously, uh, in uh, Micah Alejado from Bishop Gorman. And, you know, Alejado has been, you know, you go on his Twitter, you see everything. He has been full-blown UH, right? Um, you know, they say he is number two in the max preps top 25. I mean, I, I look at the list, and we were just talking about this a moment ago. There are two guys who are uncommitted. One is a class of 2025 QB who's got uh, 40 different offers. Um, his name is Bryce Underwood uh, from Michigan. There's another guy who's a class of 2026 QB. He's from Georgia. Uh, he's not even star rated yet. He's got 36 offers, um, including Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, USC, And you go through that top ten. The schools that are represented.
2: Yeah, the logos that are represented on this list. The
1: rest of the guys who are committed. And I'll say them in order. Stanford, Georgia, Hawaii, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida, Notre Dame.
2: Which one of these things isn't like the other?
1: Exactly. And it got me nervous because... We remind ourselves, Alejado's a verbal commit. He can't sign until early signing periods in December. Um, I looked at at his offers, and I think he had like six um, the last time I looked at it. Yeah, he had six offers. None of them were from a Power 5 school. Nevada, Old Dominion, Portland State, UNLV, Utah State. This is according to 24-7 Sports. And it got me a little worried. If he has the kind of year that all the recruiting services believe he's going to have.
2: Yeah. Do you get worried? And for the number two ranked high school team in the country.
1: Right. Do you get worried that if a Power 5 program comes in and says, Hey, you're pretty good. We We got a scholarship offer for you. That all of a sudden that verbal's gone. I, I'm. I mean, I. I'm. I'm always the kind of person that believes, hey, he's made his verbal before potentially any of these big schools come in. Yep. I'd like to believe that there should be no worry whatsoever, but I can't help but have that little thing in the back of my mind that says something better could come along. And what if he sees that there is something better too?
2: Well, there's so many things that come to mind even just looking at this list. I, I wish we could properly convey it to you folks. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, that's hunting. by the way, I have it on my story. He's hunting for Instagram likes. <laughs> I don't need to hunt; they come. Um, but uh, um, they uh, this this picture of the of the ten logos that are out there two of them are on un, um, undecided by the that's way that's
1: three and four in the top ten. yeah
2: um the h man looks so out of place but i'm so happy right i'm I, so I, happy that it's there yes and it's literally one spot above the alabama a <laughs> and two spots above ohio state and three above michigan right now, some would say, okay, yeah, th- that's different than actually playing a football game, but it matters, yeah. and it matters to big-time school. So when I said a few things are going on right now, what is stopping a Power 5 school from looking at this list going, hey, hey, how, how come you, we haven't called this kid yet?
1: Yeah. Recruiting coordinator, you're fired, by the way.
2: <laughs> Have you given this kid, Maka Alahado, a call yet? How yeah. how committed to Hawaii is he? Let's see his film. Sure, he might be undersized, but why isn't uh, Ole Miss on this list? Why isn't Florida State on this list? Why isn't Clemson on this list? Um, USC isn't on this list yet. Yeah. Um, all of those, uh, Dion, Dion and all of his ruckus over there in Colorado, why isn't the, the Buffalo on this list right now? It's not everything, but it matters to big-time schools. Right, they, they want to flex and win in the recruiting game. Now, I, I'm, my, part of me putting it on my story was to be able to tag Micah and just say thank you for putting Hawaii on the map. Um, we, we believe in you, man. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I'm with you, Josh. I, I see that list, and I go, man, I really hope that we can hang on for the ride. You know,
1: on the other side, and I'm reminded of some of the things that I've said before, and, and I don't want to leave it out because you actually r- reminded me of it, which is how cool is it to see the H logo, um, you know, right next to his name on a nationally, you know, populated top, top five in list. the country. It's like when we see, um, you know, another LaFaele. Um, you know, picking between Hawaii and three power five schools. And we say, yeah, okay, Hawaii didn't get it. But at the same time, how cool is that? The Hawaii was on the same list as Wisconsin. That's right. And Washington. We, we were talking earlier that power five kid, um, or I'm sorry, power five, five-star offensive lineman
2: yep. who uh, went
1: to Miami, but Hawaii was on his list. And it's it's another area of national recognition for Hawaii, um, that you can't make up.
2: That's right. We didn't write that. No. Max Preps is not on our very limited um, football budget. Right. They're not on our payroll.
1: Right. Um, but
2: Think about the other recruits that look at that too and go, what is going on at Hawaii?
1: Right. I mean, I, I guess that's the balance. The It's almost like baseball. You recruit somebody, but they could get drafted and they may never play for you. Um, you know, College football—you may recruit somebody. Um, you know they may see you early and love it and and verbally commit, but who's to say USC doesn't swoop in? There's all that stuff that that really does come into play. All right, um, we've got traffic. We've got Sports Center on the way. You're listening to Off the Bench. It's ESPN Honolulu, ninety-two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. <laughs> Those are the very calm words of Gus Malzahn, who is now, again, a Power 5 head football coach. He is, that's right, UCF, uh, Big 12 Media Days in Texas, talking about the uh, new age of college football and how UCF is now the youngest Power 5 program in college sports. Mm -hmm. Um, Just imagine that for a moment, that they have not been doing this for very long and they have already ascended the ranks to being an FBS power five team. Uh, the only, um, other, I, I think characterization I could make is, um, I think of UC San Diego who went from D three to D two to D one, and they're still making the classification to from D two to D one. Um, but now they've done that in a in a couple of decades. Um, they don't have football to speak of, but uh, you know they've got really good facilities and they've made some good transitions over. So I, I think of it in, on on that front. But you know, in in hearing him talk about that program, which he's helped now for for a couple of years, and now we'll see into the Big Twelve era, we often find ourselves trying to see okay, how can we make comparisons? Like how, how do we look at what UCF has done and ask ourselves what does Hawaii need to do to get closer to that like level of desirability that level of interest that UCF has all of a sudden you know not I shouldn't say all of a sudden but in the last maybe decade has built for itself I mm-hmm. think I think of a couple things one well, UCF has been poaching some white kids. I mean, yes, you, I mean Mackenzie Milton, uh, you know, stands out as as one of the most notable ones.
2: Dylan Gabriel, the other right. one. Yep.
1: Um, you, UCF has become a force in recruiting that is maybe not entirely comparable or entirely competitive with a Florida or Miami.
2: But or a Florida a, State.
1: Yeah, but in a crowded landscape of college football FBS programs, UCF has not fallen behind. They've soared ahead of the USFs and and Florida Atlantics, and they've made themselves a player for top tier players. Yeah. You know? Um, and so they've allowed themselves to do that. They've got a stadium that's got naming rights. They're they're winning. You know, they're doing all of these things and you know some of the things that I think Hawaii football would would love to be in a in a perfect world I think the first thing first, UCF has been able to take a couple of Hawaii's top players mm-hmm. in general over the last few years and that's something that Hawaii has not been able to do is keep its best of its best home um you know when Hawaii can get to a point, that it's absolute best consistently stays, then that's one of your first signs that you make that jump toward where UCF is. You start heading that way. That's
2: right. I think back to the 80s of uh, the U, Miami, mm-hmm. and Schnellenberger talking about we will win Florida mm-hmm. in the recruiting game and how that literally transformed the entire program. Um,
1: let me ask you: most most interesting program, most interesting FBS program in the state of Florida to you is what? Whew.
2: Great question. Mm. See the
1: fact that you have to think about it.
2: I, I didn't, and I didn't. Yeah, just, I know. I didn't expect it, you to it, have an answer. It's not a blaring one. But yeah, but Miami. The fact that you have
1: to think about it. Tells you how muddied that conversation is because UCF has helped make it that.
2: That's right. Well, I wouldn't put. Sorry. I wouldn't put not to like oh, go fine. away from your your point, but I don't consider them on the same level just yet as the Miami's. Right. As the Floridas. They're very similar to Florida State at this point. Florida, Florida State, State's gone down. A they have bit. gone very down from the um, Jimbo Fisher and uh, Jameis Winston national championship years from, you know, mm-hmm. six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny you bring up McKenzie Milton. I can't think of UCF's rise without those years with Mackenzie there. They tore it up. Tore it up. Um, I can't even recall UCF being all that good before McKenzie got there. Um, they probably did have some, some semi-decent uh, years and probably won some bowl games. But honestly... Those, those years where they were averaging 45 a game and just lighting it up through the air was like, whoa, who are these guys? Mm-hmm. And McKenzie had a big part to play in that.
1: There's a couple of other things that UCF has right now that Hawaii, I think, really needs to have if Hawaii wants to, to, to get into that point. I think the next one is consistent success. Now, that's going to be tested with UCF. Going away from the American um, and going into the Big Twelve, this is one of those rare times that we've gone we we gone through what the the CFP and even back to the BCS era, and everybody would talk about how well they don't play people, yeah, and so they would get punished because they were in a different conference and, and the you know the people they played weren't the same, and it was a, a reflection of who they were, um. But, it, I mean, it, it tells you more about the opponent, not necessarily them. This will be one of the few times where where UCF is going to be looked at differently, how you compete in the Big 12. Does that mean they are less successful? Does that mean they are less competitive? Does that prove the whole, um, you know, you should be downgraded in how we view your record because – while well, you played in uh, the American, you didn't play in the Big Twelve or the ACC. We get to we, we get to um, unfairly kind of categorize that a little bit. Hmm. Um, the one thing that Hawaii does have that UCF has social media recognition. Hawaii, in the last couple of years, whether it is the the, the football account or just you know social media in general, Hawaii has become like a top twenty-five school. In social media content, digital stuff, um, you know, talking to, you know, your 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 fellow tweeters and your fan base and communicating through Twitter, like Hawaii's become like a top-notch school yeah. in that department. That's one thing that Hawaii has that is kind of comparable, if not better, to UCF. But I think of a couple of other things. Um. UCF is making a bunch of extra revenue. They've they've sold their naming rights to their stadium. I think they're now in their second iteration of naming rights. They had Spectrum at one point. Um, I think you know you can gain clout just by your your stadium getting named by somebody. Mm. It shows that there are people that want to buy into your program just by spending. Let's say like. A million dollars, on naming. Let's let's say the. Um, how do we how do we put it? Um, let's let's take something that I see on my screen randomly and try to use that as an example. Oh, I'll just okay. I'll just take something from Twitter. It's gonna sound awful. Um, spend a million dollars to have the hella clean Hawaii. Clarence Teaching Athletics Complex. Mm. But it's only because it's on my Twitter and it's promoted. That's all. They're they're spending their million bucks and promoting their tweets, not into a stadium. But um, that does give you a little more clout. It does give you a little more of an oomph. does. Somebody wanted to um, spend some money on naming your football stadium probably because they like your football program.
2: Probably because they like the visibility. And when you talk about visibility, what better of a place than Hawaii for it to be visible? Mm -hmm. We don't have to try very hard to present Hawaii in a um, favorable light. Right. People want to come and be out here and be in those videos. Right. Be a part or around this program because, hey, this program is around the ocean (laughs) in a tropical climate. Yeah, uh, I can't help but cite that Rolo line of "Where would you rather spin footballs in Hawaii or uh, or Reno, Nevada?" <laughs> I think I think he might have even I misquote. I think he might have even said Fresno, California.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be something Rolo would say. Uh huh. So I mean, I see some of those areas. Okay, Hawaii is competitive in things like social media, but it's the football side that we kind of look at a little bit more to see. Okay. Uh, where can Hawaii be better to get closer to that? Mm. Um, and I and I think it's 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 definitely it's it's success. And uh, you know I like what you said in quoting Howard Schnellenberger: you gotta win recruiting.
2: You win recruiting, and you win recruiting by one halfway decent winning season. Mm-hmm. Literally, it can shift that quickly. Um, the other thing, let's not ignore it: the the, the McKenzie Milton year. Um, they got gypped from the CFP. I think they were the number five.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Um, they got gypped and their governor said...
1: Oh, we're the national champs. That's exactly
2: right. That was so good. You remember that? I do. Um, So, the reason... they I'm, were undefeated. That's right. The reason I'm bringing all that up is because they were nationally ranked good. Right. It wasn't just... Uh, New Year's Six Bowl game. It was why haven't we gotten an invitation to the CFP? When hey, look at our record. We have done nothing wrong here.
0: Mm-hmm. We're be-
2: undefeated.
1: And before people throw out 2008, we should also say that that was one year, but they, you know, circled around that year before and after right. with quality seasons
2: too. Three or four. Crazy successful seasons, yes, um when you ask what we need to do to get onto that level, our focus is the mountain west. How do we dominate the mountain west there you go, and then figure out what else happens after that before you can focus on buying the house let's let's get the credit score in order there you go let's let's get our budget in order and not spend where we don't need to mm-hmm. there's 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 steps to this. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think for Hawaii, let's focus on winning the Mountain West and then see where the dust settles after that.
1: It's like, um, and I hate to pick on these people, but it's like when people do this whole, oh, we can dominate the Asia market. Well, let's dominate the Hawaii market first, you know, like uh, if, if uh, they, they never put out how many people buy pay-per-view it's always kept kind of secret. It's kind of under the vest. If, they, if Trust me, if it were like record numbers, you would get a press release the day after the end of the year. We see record growth in pay-per-view buys. Do you ever see it? No. That tells me, and along with um, attendance and at a lot of venues outside of maybe men's volleyball, like, dominate your own market first. Before you start throwing out the, oh, but what about here? You can't start claiming other places if you can't firmly claim your own first. Mm. Um, and I think to your point, I, you make a great point. UCF, up until leaving the the American, had put itself. They had claimed strongly that top two, top three in the American That's right. for a long time. That number one spot. Credit other teams had to be better to catch them, That's like right. the Memphises, like for the example. Cincinnati's. That's right.
2: Like that, they, they were the top two or three schools when you think of Group of Five powerhouses. Right. right. Um. That's what it takes to make a jump these days.
1: This is parallel to what we talked about earlier with Hawaii and a lot of these preseason rankings. Um. You know, you you got to get to the top of those rankings first, and and even in preseason, even if it doesn't matter, you got to get the respect first. That's right. Um,
2: Coastal Carolina is another example. They're kind of one of those right now. Yeah. On the rise, dominating their conference. We we see that uh, turquoise green field. The Chanticleers. With that weird-looking chicken (laughs) at midfield. (laughs) We see that thing because they're good. And And when you took away from it the weird-looking chicken. I mean, (laughs) what? Just look that up for me real quick. Coastal Carolina mascot. It's, it's a rooster. Okay.
1: A Chanticleer is a name given to a rooster, especially in fairy tales. Weird
2: looking chicken, Josh. <laughs> 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 and it's too fun to say. Hey, you
1: see, Coastal Carolina will never get the respect they deserve because Hunter calls their rooster a chicken.
2: Looks like he's got some male anatomy. Off the bottom of his chin.
1: Time for traffic. But before we get to traffic, we remind you about uh, the really big road show at Growler, Hawaii. Uh, next Wednesday, 5 to 7 p.m. in Kapahulu, Chad Owens, Charlie Wade, Michelle Nagamine, and I hear a Chanticleer uh, will also be a guest there. And of course, check out Happy Hour, three thirty to 6 30 p.m. Uh, great poo poo as well. Off the bench back here in a moment man I need to clear the last five seconds out of my cash from what you threw out there it's off the bed GSP in Honolulu all right we need to bring down the music here for a public service announcement if you can thank you Liz thank you we need to clarify something from the last segment of this show. Hunter Hughes referred to a portion
2: of the Chanticleer. And what did you say at the time? Said it looked like uh, some male anatomy hanging off his chin.
1: I realize that there are educators that might be listening to the show. So it's time for a public service announcement PSA from this radio show. That um, that piece he's referring to <laughs> is like a chin. It's not called a chin. It's called a wattle, W A T T L E. When it's healthy,
2: oh, it was healthy. Website in the picture,
1: it was healthy. It is soft, blemish-free, <laughs> and deep red. The shape and size varies depending on the breed. So that's what it is. It's a waddle. The more you know, this public service announcement for farmers and agricultural folks everywhere is sponsored by Nobody. Um, Hashtag waddle. <laughs> you know, once I thought of that in the break, I totally forgot what else we were doing, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I, this whole segment changed on a dime. Um, as, as soon as you said that, texture from the 753, well, a rooster is a chicken. Yeah, but it, it's, it's not the proper name for the chicken to call a rooster a chicken.
2: And you know what? After seeing the waddle off of his chin, he deserves to be called a rooster. Thank you. It, it It's a quite a healthy waddle. It,
1: it feels <laughs> like calling a rooster a chicken is degrading to the rooster. It's like... it's Not it's if like, the
2: rooster wants to be called a chicken.
1: Well, then if that's the case, then fine. But I don't think roosters really have a say in that. Give, don't give, think give, they do.
2: Give it time. We'll hear from them soon enough.
1: A couple of texters um, remi- wanted to remind us uh, a little bit on uh, on UCF. We were talking about that earlier. Do you okay. remember Dante Culpepper? Oh, of course. Went on to a decent right. NFL He was UCF. Mm-hmm. He had a cannon. I, I forgot about him, too. Um... One more. We were – well, two more. Texter from the 233, Our part of our conversation was not really about the Chanticleer, but was really about um, how Hawaii can get closer to what UCF is. Um, Texter from the 233 says, I think as a university, they're decided – I think it's talking about UCF. They decided that they're fully invested in athletics and are willing to spend the money to do so. It also helps – their enrollment is huge and probably have a very strong alumni and endowment banking. Could be true. Could be true. I don't know how much of that is fact. Uh, One more real quick, and we got to go to break. Uh, Thomas asks, why is it you can only see Hawaii football games on pay-per-view? Doesn't a local affiliate want to broadcast them? Um, Well, pay-per-view and Spectrum won the rights to it. I'm sure there are local affiliates who want to broadcast them. Just pay-per-view and Spectrum spent more to be able to have the rights to do it. Business 101. Uh, Check out Athletes. It's on our YouTube page and at ESPNHonolulu.com. It is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. I promise we'll clean this up. Thanks, Hunter. (laughs) Traffic Sports Center on the way. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Empire Global Scoreboard, including how's Allison Corpuz doing at the Dana Open? The uh, most recent winner of the U.S. Women's Open, not giving herself a lot of time off. Right back to golf, and uh, after round one, she's uh, she's she's near the top of the leaderboard. So we'll update that coming up here uh, in about ten minutes or so. Oh boy, we got through a lot of stuff today. Um, some of the stuff I didn't think we were going to do but we did mm-hmm. um we we talked earlier about a lot of the Mountain West rankings you know all the publications are putting theirs out next week Wednesday um when uh, when John and I are are in Vegas for Mountain West Media Days our coverage presented by BMW of Honolulu um we'll have the official list stuff that I I I'm assuming John got a vote and, and a bunch of other people did so we're kind of getting a preview of it in uh, the preseason All-West team, uh, Mountain West Wire put theirs out, and uh, their their projected order of finish. And we talked about projected order of finish with Hawaii specifically earlier. Um, Hawaii was projected to finish last in uh, the Mountain West, according to the voters of Mountain West Wire. And I will admit, I forgot to vote, so my vote did not count. <laughs> in, in that because I got the email, we're gonna and I,
2: need a recount. I
1: forgot to reply and do the ballot, so I'm sorry. I'm terrible at emails. I want to, uh, but I don't. I don't want to focus completely on the bottom here. Mountain West wire has Boise State at the top, Fresno State at two, Air Force at three, San Diego State at four, Wyoming at five. Anything surprise you there out of that top five? Wyoming. Okay. Yeah, they got Wyoming right over San Jose State.
2: San Jose was strong last year and Chev's coming back for his second season at San Jose, that's that's surprising to me. I didn't I don't know why they're giving Wyoming all that all that love.
1: They have so let me give you the bottom half then. Uh, San Jose State 6, Colorado State 7, Utah State 8, UNLV 9, Nevada 10, New Mexico 11, Hawaii 12. You know what that tells me? It tells me that there's not a lot of confidence in a lot of teams. Hmm. Because if there are people who are willing to put San San Jose State as far down as 6, then it's either – there's a lot of parity, and you don't know how it's going to play out. Or there's a lot of teams that could be worse than they were last year. It's just a matter of who's more worse, for lack of a better way of putting it. Like, I, you know, when they put UNLV at, at 9, I was shocked. I, um, you know, I, I did my Mountain West ballot, the one that um, would be really bad if I didn't do because um, I'm going there. I had UNLV at five. Hmm. I had UNLV rising up uh, because they've been on the rise. We've watched them the last couple of years. I had UNLV as the fifth best team preseason in the Mountain West. Um, I had San Jose State three. Because if you bring back, and I I did vote this way, offensive preseason player of the year for me was Shevin. Yep. Um. How do you have the offensive preseason player of the year for a team that's finishing
2: outside the top five?
1: In the middle of the pack, yeah. yeah. Um, to me, that would that would be really surprising. Uh, by the way, Mountain West Wire's offensive player of the year, they didn't have it as Chevin Cordero. They had it as Taylon Green, the quarterback from Boise State. So take that for what you will. Um, Taylon Green's young. He's got a lot of time, too. But, um, I, yeah, I, I find myself looking at that list and just seeing a whole bunch of haywire. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be curious when I see all the Mountain West, you know, votes put together for the actual Mountain West ballot. Um, I'd be really interested to see how different or how similar it is because I have a feeling that you're going to see. Um, you're gonna see stuff that might not make sense initially, but at the same time, you know, you might look at it and say, "Okay, well, uh, I and what are you trying to tell me?" I'll give you college football focuses one. They had San Jose State at nine in in their Mountain West prediction series. Wow, nine! nine. I couldn't believe that. It's pretty low. They also had Hawaii at 11 over Nevada. They had New Mexico above both Hawaii and Nevada. Wow. Yeah. Their, um, their top two teams, they project Boise State and Air Force. And they have Colorado State as a top four team. Huh? <laughs> and see, that's that's the thing. I feel like the Mountain West has the potential to be turned upside down this year. Yeah. And I don't necessarily mean I'm looking all the way down at, at Nevada, and New Mexico, and and even Hawaii. Like I, and actually I should say Hawaii and Nevada tied for last. I'm sorry, they were. 11th. Uh,
2: they're giving way too much love to San Diego State.
1: Why do you think that they have college football focus is San Diego State in a? I'm sorry, a four way tie for fifth. Yeah. With Fresno State, Utah State, and UNLV, Mountain West Wire has San Diego State at three. Yeah, that's. I'll That's be honest. High. I'll be honest. I had on my ballot, I had San Diego State at 2.
2: Tell me why you think it's too high. Um just based off of when we played them last year, yeah. it was a one-score game. Mm-hmm. They're not um 10 spots better than us
1: cuz offensively they've always been running back dependent. Quarterback has always been kind of a weak spot. It seems like they've kind of gotten better there, but it's always been...
2: It's a a stagnant pro-style offense.
1: But it's always been... It's not sexy, but it's always been defense. Defense wins San Diego State games. They're not bludgeoning opponents, but they're doing enough to shut the other team down enough to win. Hmm. That's why I always kind of rank San Diego State a little higher than maybe what their output indicates because they've always had a a much stronger defensive focus. And honestly, they've run the ball down Hawaii's throat so much the last few years
2: without much effort. Yeah. Um, Which is unfortunate. Not the last, not the last couple. Like they were close. Like those games were always very close. That's true. Yes. So that, that's why, I mean, I feel like they're almost benefiting from the basketball effect Mm -hmm. from this last year. They're getting a lot more hype okay. than what their football team deserves right now.
1: Okay, I will just for the sake of doing it because I don't I don't mind. Um, my ballot of projected order of finish is as follows: I have Boise State at one. I have San Diego State at two. I have San Jose State at three. I, I cannot imagine that with a good running back in 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 Robinson. Um, you know, Shevin's as good as he is. I cannot imagine San Jose State any farther than, like, b- below five. It makes no sense to me. I agree. I have Air Force at four. I have UNLV at five. I think they continue to make the strides. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Um, Wyoming at six because they always seemed like I think of last year. Wyoming was like right near the top and ended up kind of, or no, last year, Wyoming was it last year or two years ago where Wyoming, I, no, it was two years ago. Wyoming was kind of top to middle and I had kept them down. Like I had had them like bottom tier because I I do on Twitter all the time. Yeah. And I think we should do this year, um, you and I should do this, um, maybe more for the website and we can put it on our, on our social. Mm. Um, re-ranking every week, Mountain West teams, huh. after every week of the year. I like that. Um, because, you know what, on Twitter, people always hate it. Or, no, take that back. People always hate me <laughs> for <laughs> for the way the rankings look. And I remember, I think it was two years ago, I ranked Wyoming so low, even though they had a really good record, and I said, who they've played, how they played against them, prove me wrong. And then Wyoming went to kind of tailspin toward the end of the year and then I just put my arms up in the air and I said come at me bro me wrong.
2: come at me bro right
1: yeah I got a lot of flag for that Um Fresno State 7, Utah State 8, Colorado State 9. I don't see I see improvement. I don't see that much improvement in Colorado State. Then I had Nevada 10, Hawaii 11, New Mexico 12. Um I'm let me let me just cuz I know people are ask how are you put Hawaii at 11? It's simple. Hawaii had you know the, the projected win total for Hawaii is three and a half. Hawaii has a really tough non-conference schedule where it is po- it, there it is likely Hawaii could go through non-conference with a sub500 record. Mm-hmm. I am in, I am including Stanford in that um, you know right now as as a loss. Um, but Hawaii has to prove a lot. They have a lot of the same people back, and I think there is certainly a, there is an upside that I feel like is a year or two away. I don't know that it's this year, but I don't see this as a backwards year. I think is is my point, but I see, I, I see as a potential to move upward, but I see other teams doing the same thing, and so it, it's it's kind of hard for me. It's it's hard after watching last year not knowing how much better it can be this year. It's kind of hard to put Hawaii any different. We see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment here at 808-296-1420.
2: That's, that's my justification. I hear you. The one difference from last year to this year, besides you know recruiting changes, is run and shoot.
1: Yeah.
2: We're going to have a completely different offense than yep. what we did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, time will tell if we are synced at the level that we need to be for the run and shoot to be successful. Um, but the fact that we are bringing that back means the, the opportunity to score points, uh, goes through the roof.
1: See, here's the thing on that. Yes. The run and shoot is back. That doesn't automatically mean, I think you said it correctly. How long will it take this team to sink under the run and shoot? It doesn't just mean because you run in the shoot, all of a sudden it's instant wins. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think defenses have come a long way since the run and shoot, you know, was really truly first introduced into college football. Um, No. You don't think so?
2: They can't guard it. You when it when it's at so? it, when it's at its best, okay. you can't guard it. Because there's that, the that, man, there's that, a man beater on one side and there's a zone beater on the other. See,
1: that to me is not as much about defense. That to me is when you have top tier ta- when you have the right talent it's, it's, to
2: be it. It's all sync. It's right. all synchronization. Whenever everybody's on the same page, it's lethal.
1: Mm-hmm. I you know, but you hit it though. Is just because you run it, yep. doesn't mean it's guaranteed
2: to be successful. That's right, because there's a million different decisions that have to be made. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say hi to Sean here at 808-296-1420. Sean, what's up?
0: Josh, thank you for taking my question. Uh, you guys are talking about players the, on the playing field and the game they're going to play on the playing field. But I'm really interested uh, of the budget that the Mountain West has for these teams and how they ended up being placed the way they are based on how much they spend on their football teams. Thank you.
1: I I explain Thanks,
0: what you Sean. mean by that.
1: I don't I don't I don't know what exactly he means um or ranking budgets? Is that tell me what you mean, Sean?
0: That's what I mean.
2: We're we're uh, we're ranking the uh the the strength of football of football teams
0: in why, the Mountain yes, West. But but for example, California Angels have a big budget and they're losing. New York Mets have a big budget and they're losing. Padres mm. have a big budget but they're losing. I just wanna know in the mountain west, based on their rankings, what is their football budget in the product that they're presenting to to their to their colleges. That's a good
1: I mean I don't know the answer to that. Um but I can I can But do it would this. be an
0: interesting it, answer, wouldn't it?
1: It would. Um and and the thing is and Sean, thank you for the call. What we don't necessarily know, um is because uh they're USA, all pretty Today, similar. USA Today has revenues and expenses. They don't necessarily have it by, like, how much is broken down to each sport. So if I gave you Mountain West, it actually – Hawaii falls under Big West here. Um, Hawaii has a total revenue of 49 – Was what, what did I just see that? Um, Hawaii has a revenue of $49 million, expenses of oh, – I'm sorry – I basically Hawaii is in the black. <laughs> I, I I I looked at this grid entirely the wrong way.
2: Shout out to Matlin.
1: But yeah, but they had Hawaii in the revenues and expenses. Total revenue, total expenses, total allocated. Revenue was forty nine million million. Expenses forty eight. Allocated twenty nine point three. Percent allocated uh fifty nine. But if I were to place Um, if I were to place total revenue, see, this is, I know where I'm reading it wrong. Um, Total revenue 49, expenses 48. So what is that saying? What are you making a mill? I think is is what Mm. it is. Um, Total revenue 49. So let's go look at the rest of the Mountain West. Air Force 76, San Diego State 65, UNLV 64, Colorado State 61, Fresno State 54, Boise State 50, Wyoming 50. Hawaii's total revenue is like fifth best. Or I'm sorry, fifth worst. It's above Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, State, San Jose State. And San Jose State's the lowest. So I'm guessing if I'm I'm to guess what Sean's doing, budgets or revenue? How are, how is your success outpacing or falling under revenue? Like I take San Diego State, revenue of 39 mil far exceeding that based on what they've done. Hmm. Um, that's a that's a hard one, man. Sean, I don't want to take the SATs between three and six in the
2: afternoon. It's, good, <laughs> it's a good question. I, I think spending is pretty much uh, on a similar level across the Mountain West, with mm-hmm. exception to uh, Boise's got to be near the top. Yeah. Um, San Diego State's got to be near the top. I think about Colorado State op- operates similar to a Power Five institution, so. Um, tough to say that, that that would be very interesting data. Yeah.
1: See. Uh, let's take a look at our M Dire Global scoreboard. It's brought to you by M Dire Global, moving Hawaii into the future. The Dana Open, uh, in Sylvania, Ohio. Uh, why do we mention this LPGA event? It's because Allison Corpus, the, uh, now U.S. Women's Open champ, the champ is playing in it, tied for 14th. She is four under par, uh, three strokes back of the leaders in that event. Um, we don't give you LPGA scores all that often, but you know, Allison Corpus here locally moves the needle. Uh, and that's why we, uh, we we give you those scores. And uh, that's pretty much it. Do, do we want NBA Summer League scores? Show of hands in the room. Who wants NBA Summer League scores in our M. Dyer Global scoreboard?
2: There's no hands.
1: Seeing none. Your M. Dire Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Final words coming up. It's Off the Bench. I need to uh, let's bring down the music here real fast. I need to apologize. I should have given one NBA Summer League score in our <laughs> M. Dyer Global Scoreboard. I'm so sorry. To all those that wanted to know how Kamaka HEPA did today for the New Orleans Pelicans, he played. Nice. Yes, he did play. Um, he hasn't played most of Summer League, but he played 10 minutes today. What did he do? Two rebounds, one steal, one personal foul in 10 minutes and six seconds. All right. Now, to my, to my defense, nobody gives a you-know-what about the final score. So, that part still stands. It's the Summer League. Nobody cares about scores. I probably should have just given you Kamaka Hepa's uh, box score today.
2: Yeah, but one of our boys was playing. That's yeah. great.
1: Yeah, so... uh I kind of apologize. I guess I should re- rephr- rephrase that. I kind of apologize for not mentioning that in the m Dyer Global Scoreboard. I will edit myself better when we do this tomorrow. Uh, don't forget, Really Big road show at Growler Hawaii is coming up on Wednesday. Chris Hart and Gary Dickman will be at uh, the Kapahulu location. Well, their only location in Kapahulu. Chad Owens will be there. Charlie Wade will be there. Michelle Nagamine will be there and more. And don't forget, there are up to 100 taps featured in Happy Hour Daily from 3 30 to 6 30 p.m. The poo poo great as well. Uh, Growler Hawaii, really big road show. Number 12, Wednesday, 5 to 7 here on ESP at Honolulu. it right. a year. Full year, right? Of Growler. That would be, uh, yeah, 12 months
2: equals wow. a year. We it's made great. it. We made it, fam.
1: We, we made it. It's the first one I'm going to miss. I'm bummed about that.
2: So uh, I could have gone to Vegas. If you're really that bummed.
1: Uh, I have an appointment with Slam Ball next Saturday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm fine.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: final words, uh, Hunter, go for it.
2: Before we get too far away from the all-star game I wanted to say a couple of things on the home run derby that I think could be really fun okay that I think you could co- you bring in a whole new audience for instead of the uh minute with the pink baseballs or whatever make it a minute with a metal bat oh Ooh. it would be awesome. Just keep the kids off the field. Which I <laughs> oh, okay. also, we talked about that earlier in the week, that yeah. that needs to happen already. Yeah, We we can't have kids taking 115-mile-an-hour exit <sighs> velocity balls to the head. <sighs> like, it just can't happen. Yeah. But if that is the case, and we're wanting to see these guys hit dingers and just see how far that they can go, turn the clock off and give them 10 swings with the metal bat and see how far they can hit it. Wow. It would be awesome. Just an idea.
1: Okay. Did you have anything? Oh, I thought that was, you had more.
2: That was it. Those are my final words for the day.
1: Okay. Uh, those are Hunter's final words. My final words today. Driving etiquette. Oh, boy. <laughs> Especially when you're in a parking garage. Look, some parking garages Hashtag executive no, not necessarily executive center. Okay. Some parking garages are really thin to the point where if you see a car coming around that you kind of stop to let them come around and then you go. Etiquette. If someone's going to wave to you and say thank you, just, you know, wave back. You know? Like, if they if, if they were nice enough...
2: We are still in America.
1: To, if they were nice enough... To wait so you could come around the bend yep. and get past them, you know, show some appreciation. Yep. Oh, one more. If you're in an elevator and you say, and someone says to you, "Have a good night." You know what you shouldn't say? Thank you. <laughs> Freddie Fitzsimmons next.